So that weekend, um, I spiked a fever of 103. And um, I was taking ibuprofen and Tylenol, the antibiotic at the same time. And my head was just screaming. My ears were screaming. My head was screaming. And I'm like, this, this can't be right. This, you know, this has, there has to be more. So um, called the doctor's office, let them know what my symptoms were. uh, And the nurse, you know, checked my test and they said that it was a false negative. So I had COVID. Mm. Uh, From there, they're like, look, drop what you're doing. We're going to call the hospital. You need to go to the hospital now. So um, I went into the ER. Uh, The nurse greeted me, put me in a wheelchair, took me back into the ER. Um, They took my information, and um, that's that's the last thing I remember. That's the last thing you remember? Mm -hmm. And then um, a month later, I woke up. Hey, welcome back to the Better Fitness Proof Podcast. It's your host, Matt April, and I'm here at Bent on Better with one of our amazing new, but returning new members, Anne Maroney. So hi, Anne. Can you say hello to everybody and then tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, everybody. I think I'm close enough that everybody can hear me. Perfect. How's everybody? I'm Anne Maroney, and I'm the newbie. So um, I just... uh, rejoined the Bend on on Better family about two weeks ago, so um, uh, I'm the newest card in uh, Matt's stack. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and the stack keeps going, and it's great. I love it. I love stacking the cards. So our our connection is pretty cool and unique, but your story is very special, and we touched on it briefly before we hit the record button. And so for uh, to, to grab everyone's attention, Let's just give the the uh, thirty second summary of what you went through, and then we're going to go into the deep, deep story of what it is. So, what was it that really um, made you decide to get in here again no. with me? Can you tell us, everybody? Sure. So, um, yes, this is my second time around uh, with Matt, and the reason why I'm back is because uh, I am a COVID survivor, and uh, I am on a new chapter in my COVID journey. So. Um, I made the phone call to Matt to see if he kind of helped me out uh, with the start of uh, the next uh, piece of the, the puzzle, so to speak. That's beautiful. And you are a COVID survivor. I am. And the story, I know it because we just recapped it all a few weeks ago. I know it. And it is, uh, if you're, whoever's watching and listening right now, make sure you grab the tissue box and have it readily available because this is a tearjerker and really pulls those heartstrings. But, but nonetheless, uh, and you're back. And so we're going to take it back before we get into that story. We're going to take it back to, um, let's talk about the time when we first met. So bring it all the way back to 2018. What made you decide to come in here? If you can bring all the way back to that time when you were thinking about things and take me through that journey and then we'll come to uh, more current times. So 2018, um, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see Matt April's lively face on Facebook uh, that he's uh, recruiting new clients for his uh, new facility in Westchester. And he was looking for that fresh new 10 people to kind of come in and join his gym. So at the time, um, 
you know, it was just in the right place and space that I thought it would be, um, it would, it would be really good to, to give it a whirl. So I came in, I gave it a whirl, but, um, unfortunately, um, nothing against Mr. April, but I, I ended up having some family issues. So, um, there, there were some, just some challenges in my life that I just could not, um, put forth the time and the effort that it, that I needed to, to make the whole thing work. So, um, I just had to press pause. And I think it's important. We, we kind of skipped over it, but like, tell everybody a little bit more about you. So what do you do for a living? Uh, what does your home life look like? What does your actual adult life look like? Because I, I know the story, but, I, but everyone who's watching, listening, they don't know. Okay. Well, you guys really don't have enough time for all of this. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that. Um, so yes, um, yes, I work full time. I am a realtor. Uh, I work for Next Home Brandywine, little plug, in Westchester. Uh, I've been a realtor for 13 or so years. Before that, um, I was a social worker, so, and I worked with older adults, loved it. Um, I am married, my wonderful husband, Tony, um, my fantastic daughter, Sarah, she's 22. Hi, Bubba. Um, <laughs> And then also, I have my extended family with me. Um, my aunt also is with us, so we kind of have a blended family. She's 82, uh, and she keeps me on my toes. Uh, so I, I have a busy life. I have a very full life. Um, as it was when I first joined the first time around with Matt, I was juggling a lot of hats. Uh, I was very, very active with my daughter. She was in school at the time. Uh, so that took up a lot of my energy, plus being a caregiver. Any of you out there who are caregivers um, kind of understand what it takes, um, the time and the space and the energy and the stress that you know you go through when you are a family caretaker. So anywho, all of that being said, um, there just wasn't enough of me to go around at the time when I was with Matt the first time, so uh, something had to give, and unfortunately, I had to give up my time in order for me to be able to take care of others. And that's a real story, and that's why I was so glad that you said you wanted to come in and be on the podcast, because your story is unique in that you haven't been here for a long time. As of right now, currently when we're recording this, I don't like to um, put a date on these things, but you've been here for about two weeks now, yeah, yeah, no. like getting started again. So we'll, we'll make the timeline of you were here January 2018 when we were still a brand new facility. Um, we had only been, I mean, I had been in business for just a little two year, a little over two years at that time, but here only for about a year. And uh, there was no Alicia, there was no Nick, there was no right. Molly, there was no, no there Lynn no. in the facility. It was very, very different than mm -hmm. this time around. The, mm -hmm. the whole process was very different that time. Uh, I, I believe you're, you've now honed in your skills. I really do. Um, so uh, I, I'm enjoying this second time around a lot better. Yay. Well, I'm glad that you're here for the second time around. And this hopefully will be the, the one that just is the journey for, right. for the foreseeable however long future it might be. And selfishly, I wanted to be for the next 10 years, but we'll, we'll let, that, <laughs> let that time go by. Uh, but for now, I think it's back to the story. It's important for people to realize that uh, and the reason for why I want you on here is because you're a real person. Right. You're a real person with a story that is just now beginning that next chapter, sure. right? And that chapter is including us mm -hmm. in it, which I'm so grateful for to be a part of that chapter. Right. But now take me to that time where uh, you, so now you had left BOB and back in 2018, you're juggling work life, family life, uh, managing uh, the family and the extended family. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with so much as an adult, as we all do. We have so many different things happening. Uh, then the pandemic hits and 
And that's where your story comes in. So right, fill me right. in there. So uh, once, just indulge me, Potters, for a hot, a hot second. I have something for Matt here real quick. Uh, I told him about this, but I didn't tell you today. But hang, hang on one second. So um, I told him in the beginning, sorry about that, Potters. I told him in the beginning about this that I had this up on my, um, oh my, my vision wall. So I wanted to make sure that he got it. All of this just to say that um, he sent me this lovely card in the mail after, um, you know, things, I was kind of fizzling out with Ben on Better, again, because life happened. So he sent this lovely card in the mail, then I, I kept it all this time for a reason, just to um, put it on my vision board, knowing that I was going to be coming back to this at some point, and I just wanted to keep it top of mind, so that's... Where I get it. So I gave so you, I kept my original, of course, but I gave you a copy of yes. it. So that it you, obviously he keeps things. So he could go in a scrapbook something. Yes, I this is for me. File it in the drawer. Oh, thank you. That's so great. Oh my gosh. And that means so much that you, you've kept that. And, and I mean, oh, and I'm, I'm actually at a loss of words right now. This is really special that you no, kept it's cool. this. It's very cool. For all these years. Mm. Oh. He's making me like like I'm ancient. It's not all these years. It's only 2018. That's a long time. You consider it in business to be in, in business from 2018, 19, 20, and surviving a pandemic for a long time. Right. But think of it this way, too, is that, you know, you had the opportunity in 2018 to touch a member that um, obviously it resonated with me so that I was able to keep it and then eventually come back to you. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, Yes. And on the back of it, it says, Matt, are you ready for a challenge? Thanks for bringing me back. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm ready. We're, yeah, we're we, are, ready. we are ready. ready. We are ready. So tell me the story now. So I'm going to keep this over here for me. Um, so I want to make sure that we get to hear the full Amaroni story because it is, it really pulls on those strings. And, and I hope everyone's ready because it's, it's big. So, so let's, let's get back to your story now. So bring me back to that time where... Um, so, we're, so March 2020 hits, yeah. and then what else? What what what? So, um, as I stated earlier, um, I am a COVID survivor, um, and I I understand that there are a lot of people out there who have been through COVID um, and have survived as well. My story is just a little bit different. Um, I uh, contracted COVID in December of 2020, so a year ago. Um, I, I had COVID. Um, uh, unfortunately, I had COVID where um, COVID almost took my life. Um, in December 2020, I was hospitalized. Uh, I was put in COVID ICU for the month of December. Uh, I was intubated for 26 days. Hold on, can I interrupt you? So there was, I think there was more to that. So tell me like what, what came on and, and what made you realize that it was COVID? What, what, were, what were all the, like, tell me the story of leading up sure, to going beginning. into the hospital. Sure. Yeah. So um, I am a person who gets chronic ear infections. I get them all the time. So um, right after Thanksgiving, I noticed that I started having some ear pain and I'm like, crap, I got to go to the doctor. It's my ears, blah, blah, blah. I made the appointment to go to the doctor. They checked my ears. Yep. You have an ear infection, you know, here's some medication. Oh, by the way, let's take a COVID test just in case. Uh, yep, you have an ear infection. Here's the COVID test. There were no rapid tests at that time. So you had to wait a couple days to get your testing back. So went and got my antibiotic. Had My ears were killing me. Went home. Fine. 
a couple days later, I get a call from the doctor's office saying, nope, you're, you've tested negative, you have an ear infection. But at the time, I noticed that my, the, the pain in my ears were much, much worse than they normally were. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe it's allergies and an ear infection. So that weekend, um, I spiked a fever of 103, and um, I was taking ibuprofen and Tylenol, the antibiotic at the same time, and my head was just screaming. My ears were screaming. My head was screaming, and I'm like, this, this can't be right. This, you know, this has, there has to be more. So um, called the doctor's office, let them know what my symptoms were, uh, and the nurse you know, checked my test and they said that it was a false negative. So I had COVID. Mm. Uh, from there, they're like, look, drop what you're doing. We're going to call the hospital. You need to go to the hospital now. So at that time, it was the last year, so um, um, your family members couldn't go into the hospital with you. Right. You know, you couldn't have anybody there. So my husband and my daughter dropped me off um, at the ER outside and waited to find out you know what was going on because at that time we we weren't exactly sure were they going to give me medication were they going to keep me for observation so um i went into the er uh the nurse greeted me put me in a wheelchair took me back into the er um, they took my information and um that's that's the last thing i remember that's the last thing you remember. Mm-hmm. And then um, a month later, I woke up. A month later? Mm-hmm. So you were brought into the hospital mm-hmm. because you had the false negative, yeah. which then realized you had it. Yep. Your family got you to the hospital right away. Yep. Put you on the wheelchair, took you in, took your information, and then it was all downhill from there, and that's all you remember. That's all I remember. Now, the only other things I know is from what my family has told me. So what, what did they tell you? So when I went in, um, the nurse, of course, called my husband from the outside saying that, you know, um, you know, she had a bad case of COVID, you know, we, we need to keep her, we need to run tests on her, blah, blah, blah. Um, there was only two days from the time that I went in uh, to the time that I was intubated. So I went in, they did the best that they could do with what they had, because this is, this is before a lot of the testing they have now and before um, uh, getting the vaccine, of course. So um, they ran a bunch of tests. I got sick very, very quickly. Um, and then by, I believe it was December 2nd or 3rd, um, I was on a ventilator. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was, I was there maybe two days before they put me on the ventilator. Wow. And then what, and then what came from there? What, what else happened? So, went on the ventilator. And, um, again, a lot of this is from things that were told to be by my, my, my husband, my wonderful, courageous... I, I, I just I can't say enough about my husband. Hi, Tony. Um, the doctors, uh, I was at Chester County Hospital. Uh, the doctors were awesome in keeping communication with my husband, calling him a couple times a day to let him know what was going on with me, because again, he wasn't allowed to come in at all. 
Um, they put me through the gamut of uh, medication, steroids. Uh, they did the proning. Um, if you've ever heard of people having glass in their lungs, that's the type of pneumonia that I had. That was the, the reason for the proning. Um, the proning is when they flip you back and forth. I was just about to ask, yeah. like, what does that involve? So they, um, again, they're, they're trying to move the fluids in your body, move the infection that's in uh, your lungs. So the proning is they flip you on your belly for several hours. They move you back to your back for several hours. All of that to try to get things to move and to get the medication and to, to all work. while you're in a coma. Yeah, I was. Yeah. On a ventilator. On a ventilator. In the hospital. In a hospital without your family. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. So um, about 14, 16 days into um, my ventilation, uh, they tried to remove the ventilation. Um, long story short, I ended up having um, a bronchial spasm, esophageal spasm, and um, I stopped breathing. So they ended up having to force me to go back on the ventilator because I wasn't breathing on my own. So hence the, the voice that I have right now, because during that process, my vocal cords were damaged. So um, I'm still dealing with the recovery portion of, um, of being ventilated. So I basically have a little, um, a little divot, a little chip, kind of a space out of my vocal cord. So it's causing too much air to come up through my esophagus. So it makes my voice very breathy. Um, so they put me back on the ventilator and then, um, there, there were some days that they called, their, from what my husband tells me, about three or four days where the doctor called at, at night and basically said they weren't sure if I was going to wake up. So every night it was just, you know, make your final arrangements, call your families. We're not, we're not sure if she's going to wake up. Oh, that must have been so hard for yeah, Tony and yeah. Sarah and your aunt to mm -hmm. hear. Yeah. Probably more than once yeah. to hear it. And at, at, at that point, what do you even think? As a as a spouse, as um, a as a like I said, he um, he had to carry a very large load at that point. Uh, one that um, you know our relationship had not ever seen before. You know, um, so I, my thankfully, thankfully, my husband is a nurse by trade, and so he understood a lot that was going on medically with me. And sometimes you guys in the, in the nursing field know that sometimes when you know too much, that also can be kind of icky if you know too much oh. rather than not knowing enough. Yeah. So like, um, you know, the lingo that the doctor will say to make you try to like start to feel better, but they're really just like sugarcoating it. Right. Like that kind of, right. thing. oh exactly. yeah. Okay. So you exactly. could read into it when you heard it. Oh my gosh. So, um, there were wow. a lot of decisions that needed to be made over the phone. Um, you know, because he couldn't be with me. Right. Um, so that was very, very stressful on everybody. Oh um, so for that entire time, so the beginning of December um, to December 23rd, December 23rd is when I woke up. Wow. So that, that's like a 20-day, 20 21-day coma. Well, yes. It, the whole process took almost a month. Oh, yeah. my mm -hmm. gosh, Anne. So, um, two days before Christmas, um, they extubated, so everything came out. I was breathing fine on my own. And 
and I was alert and, you know, looking around at everybody. Um, what happened to me personally was, okay, so you go into the hospital thinking, okay, you have COVID and my head was, I was in a lot of pain and my ears hurt. And then the next thing you remember is you're waking up in a hospital bed with all kinds of um, machinery around you. You're kind of tied down to the bed. There's hoses all over the place. You know, there's people in white suits walking all around. Like, and at that point, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand why I was there. Yeah. Uh, so the nursing staff had to explain to me what was going on, and I just, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't. It. Be, I, again the process of being in a coma and you know I just I, I did not understand why I was there so I immediately like started to cry and was you know asking a whole ton of questions and of course where my husband is and my family and um, so soon after um, you know they did uh, allow my husband to come in to see me uh, for a brief time because I had just woken up um, this is right around the Christmas time, you yes, said. Yes, two okay. days before Christmas. Two days before Christmas. So, um, which was a sidebar, of a, a, not a funny story now, but um, all of the staff that were working with me and, you know, helping me through this whole ordeal, they, it was kind of like a revolving door in my hospital room because people came in like they were like deer in the headlights because they could not believe that I was sitting up breathing eyes open and having a conversation with people so like the doctors were coming in and the nurses were coming in and they were just like dumbfounded that I was sitting there talking to them so um you know I was asking them a lot of questions and um because if you think about it in my perspective I went to sleep and then I woke up and all this crap happened in the middle, and I had no clue. I was asleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were trying to explain to me, like, uh, without trying to scare me, a lot of the things that had been happening over the last month. And I, I just could not believe that I, I was out of commission for a whole month. Like, it, wow. um, a whole month happened. Oh, so um, the, the nursing staff called me their Christmas miracle. Oh. There, the week that I went in, um, there were six patients that went in the same time I did, and I was the only one that came out. You were the only one. Six other patients, six patients came in. Six patients came in. That same time you did. And five of them passed away. Oh, my. Talk about a Christmas miracle. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yep, so the 23rd is, is going to be a, a very important date for me and my family from now on. So. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that was the easy part. Waking up was the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> because what happened then was um, everybody was excited that I woke up, and I was excited that you know I was able to sit up and breathe on my own. Um, but I had been in a hospital bed for a month, so I muscle-wasted about 30 pounds. Wow. So um, when you're in a coma, you don't eat, you don't do so. I had a feeding tube, and um, you know they were giving me nutrition, but of course um, I lost a lot of weight because um, of being in a bed in one place at one time. 
So um, immediately they started working with me, trying to get me to sit up, try to sit at the edge of the bed. Um, but unfortunately, because of the amount of time that I was intubated and laying, um, that was very difficult for me. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't move myself from a chair to the bed. I couldn't walk. Um, I, I couldn't hold pen to sign my name. Wow. Uh, in the beginning, uh, it was hard for me to talk, so I was trying to write things down so that the, you know my family and the staff could understand me and um, I, I really had a tough time even just holding a pen. Wow. So, um, and that's, that's all because of, again, the, the muscle wasting and, and being deconditioned for so long. Yeah. So then what was the, so, oh my gosh, it's an incredible story, but I, I know that this is just the beginning of the story. Like this is just a, one of the first chapters. Yeah, this is the Right, that's chapter, chapter one. Yeah. So chapter two. Chapter two. Walk me through chapter two of what, what happened then. Sure. So um, I spent Christmas in the hospital. That, that's something I've never done before. I spent Christmas in the hospital. Um, it makes once, you appreciate all the people who work at the hospital. Uh, yeah. Not that you already didn't have an appreciation for Tony being a yeah, nurse, no, but um, everyone at the hospital. And I mean, yeah, I was yeah, I was going to get into that, but yeah. Sidebar: um, uh, Please love on all of your healthcare workers, all of the people that are dealing with all of this COVID challenges right now. They they need all of the the help and support from their families as they can. But mm. um, so. Once they got me stable enough, then I went to inpatient rehab for a little while. So I was discharged from the hospital, went to inpatient rehab. Uh, and again, this is in January, so co the COVID crisis is, is heightening at this point. Um, you know, they were really particular about who was going into re like inpatient rehab and how long they were staying mm. because of the, the virus being so rampant. Um, I did not stay an inpatient long. Um, I found that the better fit for me was to go home and do my rehab at home. Um, so I was there for a short period and then um, came home and did OT and PT um, at home for about three months. You did at home for three months. And did you have anyone with you? Did you have anyone guiding you through the OT and the PT? Yes. Did you have anyone? Yeah, I, um, I had plenty of people um, through Chester County Hospital um, that that I'd had OT, I had PT, I had a nurse, um, I had speech at one point, so... Um, Who were these people? Th they were outpatient rehab. Do they have names? Oh! Let me give them a little thank you here. <laughs> Let's give them, a little, give them a little thank you for getting you through all of that. Yes, there was a Chris, I don't remember their last names, but uh, a Chris and Jennifer uh, and Lynn, so hi everybody. Hi everybody, thank you for helping Anne. Um, and then, um, so once I got home, which was the mid part of January, yay. That was great, by the way, because I know you had mentioned short-term memory loss is a really big part of your journey. Yes. And remembering names is a tough one for everyone, but especially, I guess, I can imagine with the short-term memory yeah, loss I'm, suffering. So nice job, yeah. but continue. I, like, I don't have my phone here, pages. Yeah, everyone's names, you got them all. Um, so I get home, and then the next challenge is being home because now you don't have the staff around you to help you. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was walking on a walker. Um, you know, I was continuing the process of uh, eating again because I, you know, you have to go through the whole process of going through thin liquids and then purees. And 
So I was eating normal food at that point, but um, I was still on a particular diet just to make sure that my digestive system was working well. Um, so a lot of the um, responsibility landed in my husband's lap and my daughter's lap because at that point I still needed a little assistance getting up and down. Um, I was still very um, um, cautious about going up and down steps because I didn't have a lot of strength in my legs to go up and down the steps. Um, I was only walking uh, short uh, spans, like just doing laps around the interior of my house, basically, um, because I, again, I was deconditioned from laying around so long. Man. Oh, but the, but this, what I'm gathering from this story is that it shows who you are as a person, that you didn't just sit by and let it happen. You, you started taking action. You started doing the things that were going to allow you to get back to your yeah. family, to your work life, to, mm-hmm. um, to life and moving on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And what, were, what would you say was one of the biggest struggles in that, we'll call it chapter two, what was one of like the biggest struggles that you were dealing with? Because that's January all the way through until we met again in late November of 2021. So, so I have to say that my biggest challenge is asking for help. Asking for help. Yeah. I, I'm that person that I'm kind of the, the hub, the center of the wheel. So I kind of hold everything together. So I'm very used to, I'm a very independent OCD, having things my way. Um, you know, in keeping order, in keeping structure, and in, in making sure that everything, my work life, um, you know, my home life, my kid, you know, my aunt, everything revolves around making sure that everybody else gets what they need from me. So it was a huge uh, a lesson that we all needed to learn because not only did I need to learn how to ask for help, my family had to learn that, oh, you know, mom used to do that, or my my husband um, had to learn how to get online and pay the bills, and <laughs> um, you know th- things like that. So it was a um, it, it it was a, a a lot of learning that had to happen. Some of it stressful, um, but productive. Um, but again, a give and take. But the biggest thing was for me to ask for help, and then to just say thank you. Mm. because it may not have gotten done when you wanted it to get done. It may not have gotten done the way you would have done it, but it got done. But it got done. Just say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that I think that is a huge lesson of a person like myself who's very independent. It's a huge lesson to learn that um, other people can do what you do. You just need to allow them uh, to do it. Yeah, and communicate how to do it mm-hmm. and communicate what it is, but also communicate the gratitude, which is mm-hmm. saying thank you. So I can, I, I see what you're saying because yeah. I'm very much alike in, in many ways. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, thank goodness for my team and my yeah. uh, team at, at home, as in like Lynn and my team here, um, all of them, everyone has their own specific role, mm-hmm. but they all, it's all communication and it's all gratitude for having done it. Cause it's right. Like I have a specific way of doing things yes. and we do our best to communicate those things, but sometimes it's not direct. Mm-hmm. And the gratitude of showing that it got done, that's mm-hmm. what's important. So I can, I can relate on that yes. level. I can relate. But this, again, your journey is, is so special and unique. And you've gone through so much in that time of having to communicate and having to be grateful and having to understand that it doesn't get done the way or how you want to do it, but it still gets done. So now, 
we, I mean, I don't want to jump right to when we got back together, but I want to know, like, what was it in your journey that made you decide that, you know, that, yes, I need to get back in here. I need to come back and talk to Matt. I need to come back and talk to B.O.B. Sure. So, um, this past year has been nothing but recovery. So it has been therapy. It has been, um, trying to do everything in my power to get me back to where I was and the journey now has taken me here a couple months ago where, where I finally learned that I'm really not going back to where I was. Um, so much has happened in my COVID journey, both emotionally, physically, with my voice, um, that um, this is going to be a new version of the old me, so kind of like the 2.0. <laughs> Um, and I'm learning now, now that we're at the end of the year, that um, I, I'm really not going to be that Anne that I was before COVID. Um, and mentally, that's it's really hard to wrap your head around because you're used to performing certain tasks a certain way. You're used to getting things done a certain way. You're, you're used to leading your life in a manner that's comfortable to you. Um, this year I've learned that um, it takes time and it takes patience, patience that I do not have, my daughter knows. Um, um, I just wanted to get it done so I can get back to where I was. And I've had to kind of take a step back, take a breath and say, you know what? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm really not gonna be going back to where I was. Um, Especially with my voice, um, now that it's been a year, um, I've had two surgeries on my voice. Two surgeries? Um, yes. So On your vocal cords? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, in hopes to try to have, um, um, not to fully recover, but just to have a less breathy voice, be able to have a little bit more girth. Uh, force in my voice right now this is pretty much it I can't yell my husband likes that Hi, Tony. Um, I can't yell uh, <laughs> Tony's shaking his head right now like yeah that's a great that's the only benefit um, that's the only best part <laughs> but I, I can't uh, right now I'm, I'm unable to sing and uh, I am a musician I was a musician in school I was a soprano in school really? yeah so um, this is a big ass bummer that I can't sing either uh, and I may not get that ability back so that's been a, a, a huge emotional uh, stone that I'm I'm still in the process of rolling yeah so and it's so that's another big part of it right so there are a couple of different things I want to come back to so one you said that you were trying to be you were trying to get back to your old self mm -hmm. And I think too often as adults, we do that and in every journey, right? So your journey is very unique. My journey is different, but unique to me. And everyone's journey, especially everyone who's been on this podcast, everyone has their own unique journey and their unique stories. But I believe it's a huge mental leap to be able to identify, to have this moment to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to be the person I was. I'm going to become a new person, a better person. 2.0, right? Like you said, a 2.0, I like to throw in the better yeah. version, a newer, a new, better version of myself. And you can. And some, sometimes with that comes with letting go of some of the other things, the old things that 
may or may not have made up who you were or the, sure. whether they, you enjoy those things or not, like singing. Mm-hmm. I know that was a big part of your life and that you enjoyed that. And although it's going to be a hard one to let go of for now, it doesn't say to me that it's never going to come back, but for now it might not be the case. But there is something else that can replace singing that can be, you can be just as passionate about, that, you can, that right. can still be as fulfilling, that can still be as satisfying. And if you allow yourself and you give yourself the permission to find that, that's when you're going to find the true meaning of this new, right. better you. And that kind of circles back to how I ended up here now because I kind of got the green light from, you know, my physician that, you know, it's time for me. It's okay. You can start doing things now that I, I wasn't doing a few months ago. When you're recovering from COVID or if you're a long hauler, that's, that's what I, the technical term is, is I'm a long hauler. Um, there are certain things like, um, lifting things and putting too much stress on your body, especially putting too much stress on your lungs, uh, running or going up and down the steps, picking up your laundry basket, going up and down the steps. You know, these things put pressure on your body. You, you may not think about it now because you're a healthy person and these are normal everyday activities to most people but once you become compromised then these are some of the challenges that you you need to make yourself aware of um kind of to to make sure that you're always fine-tuning what you what you're going through now that I'm kind of moved past that and now a year has passed it's it's time to start challenging my body a little bit um, so once I made the decision, okay, it's time, it, you know, it's, I, I, I need now the, the next part of my journey to start. Um, I still have people who need me. I still have people that I take care of. Uh, I still have loved ones, uh, with me and I, I need to give them my best version of myself. So that was, uh, the lead in to coming back here. You know what I think we missed though, and that and this is so good, and I don't want to uh, like go back, but I think it's important to highlight. So, because I'm sure people who are watching or who are listening are thinking this: you had a family, you have a family, yes, you have responsibilities, right? Yes. So the family can keep like take up the responsibility that you had in the household. Mm-hmm. But what about as a realtor for 13 oh years? My gosh, what what was, happened there? So, um, again, next home Brandywine in Westchester North. Church Street in Westchester. Um, I have a absolutely wonderful, wonderful uh, support system um, at my brokerage. Um, Dan Peasy, Lisa Lass, Diana Simmons. Um, I, I, I had three deals on the table at the time that I went into a coma. You know, these are three, three families that were depending on me to get them their new house and um, my, my wonderful work family, um, basically showed up and just said, you know, where's all the stuff? They picked up all of my stuff, it, you know, took a hold of it and said, told Tony, don't worry about it. We've got this, you know, you know, we don't, we don't need anything from you. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to take care of it. And, and they did, I mean, there was nothing. And it's, it's not like after I came home in January, went back to work. I went back to work in full time in May. Wow. So from January to May, I was home doing the real work of recovery. Mm-hmm. And um, my coworkers um, at the brokerage was were, were, were doing my work for me. 
um, in the beginning, um, and still I'm having short-term memory loss. So I'm having sequencing issues. So uh, in real estate, there's paperwork and computer things and things that you do for negotiations. And a lot of the steps I was missing or forgetting. And thankfully, again, I have great coworkers that um, if I missed something or I misstepped or whatever, they they were right there with me doing the transaction with me so that we could get it to the table together. So, yes, many, many, many kudos to to my work family. It just goes to show how amazing humanity is, mm. right? There, you can... You can see the light, you can see the dark. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people, especially with social media, tend to always go to the dark. Mm -hmm. And so this, and, and like the whole purpose of this podcast, and the whole thing of what we're doing is highlighting real stories with real people to show that fitness, mm -hmm. the, the better fitness proof, right? This is better fitness proof of real people yes. doing real things, living real lives that don't need to just be a transformation story. Mm -hmm. And your story is unique in itself. And your story is unique in that you have a community of people who support you, mm -hmm. a community of work, family, uh, home family and now a gym family, gym family that support you in all the different things you do in, in all the different areas of your life because you have to keep it all in check right you can work really hard and, and neglect family life you can you can work really hard and keep family life going but you can forget about yourself so there are always these different areas that we all need to balance so in 2018 you were trying to work on that work life balance work life and life uh, fitness life yourself personal life balance and you let some things go and then it came full circle and the right. universe brought you back into the path of realizing that the priority is to be back on you. Mm -hmm. And you've had to, unfortunately, you had to go through some serious stuff to get to, get right. to that point, right. to realize it, Anne. But it speaks volumes of your character. Mm -hmm. And now I know and we know how hard you can push and how much you can challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have nothing but the highest bar set for you of where yeah, we're going to go. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> In such a good, positive yeah, way. Um, I, I was the power of prayer is real and uh, I'm, I'm not sitting here being churchy or preachy or anything um, I, I truly believe you when you go through something like this the power of prayer is real and you truly find out who your family is and I'm not saying just your your small nucleus family you find out who who your community is you know you find out um, who your squad is who your village is who takes care of you and I had I had people coming out of the woodwork, um, taking care of my family while I could not. You know, people calling, dropping off meals, dropping off gift cards, you know, offering to do, you know, housework and, you know, take up a lot of the responsibilities. And you, I mean, until you go through um, a traumatic event like this, the, the, it really brings into focus what humanity is, what it should be. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for all of those um, that were with us uh, during that time. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. So I'm going to do a little commercial. Yes. And in the meantime, I want you to think about what you would say, oh, what you would say to the old Anne, mm. the one who I knew in 2018 in January when we talked about the balance. Because think about what you'd say to her, um, and it needs to be something that is, you only have one chance to speak to her right now, okay? And I can't swear, right? <laughs> no, no swearing, no. Keep it, keep it, keep it G, because my kids will watch this. Keep it G. 
Um, so I'm going to do a commercial and you want to think about that and we'll come back to that, okay? Okay. So good. hey, if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you leave a comment below. Let us know what struggles you've been going through or let, give us a little comment about Anne's story about how you can relate. Did you have COVID? What have you gone through? What have you overcome yourself? And if you're listening to this on any podcasting platform, wherever it might be, leave us a rating, give us a five-star review because why not? We're here and we're telling amazing stories with amazing people, real people, real stories, the Better Fitness Proof podcast. But um, while you're there, go ahead and click the subscribe button so you get notifications and swing by bentonbetter.com and go ahead and check out what we have to offer because we can probably serve you wherever you are, whether you're local or whether you're not local. We can help you out with our virtual training as well. So we're here to help, we're here to serve, we're here to make your life just 1% better and that's what we'll do here. So on that... I'm going to swing back over to Anne. And remember, I want you to say the most powerful thing you can say because you only have one chance to say it, and it's got to be everything you've got to speak to Anne or someone who maybe was like Anne back in 2018, going through what you were going through, going through what you've been through. Maybe someone, maybe a blend of what you've overcome already, mm. what you would say. Anne, take it away. Um, I think the, the biggest message that I can offer is... Um, you must take time for yourself in order for you to be the best version of yourself for other people if you're in the position of being a caretaker if you're in a position where you have to juggle multiple things different times of the day um if you uh have a a type of position or a job that uh, can be physically or mentally stressful. Um, my my biggest thing I would say to you is um, y- you have to make the time for you, and that was unfortunately back then uh, I I had to make decisions that were going to be best for my family, and I wish um, I could be sitting here today saying, "Oh, I've been here for three years, and look look at me." <laughs> um, However, it, things just did not work that way. And if I had to say something to my former self, it would be um, don't put yourself on the back burner. The only way that you're going to be able to be successful is starting to put yourself in, in top of mind all the time. That was awesome. That's so great. I couldn't have ended it any better mm-hmm. myself. That was wonderful. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for hanging out with us on YouTube, everywhere you're listening. Make sure you click the subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening and give us that five-star review and rating on any podcast platform. But for now, I'm going to be signing off. We will see you again on the next one. Bye. Bye.